Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael Lance in part one of his message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, entitled, The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. After these things, Revelation 19.1, I heard, as it were, Revelation 19.1, a loud voice of a great multitude. They're in heaven, notice, and they were saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. After these things, Revelation 17 and 18, we see the destruction of Babylon. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. We saw a political system and a religious system. We saw it kind of given in a beast, uh, a beast leader known as the Antichrist. And we also saw this depicted in a woman who is depicted as a prostitute or a harlot. And she rides on the beast, rides on the the, the back of the political system, if you will, and there's been all kinds of conjecture about what this will look like in the last days. But we saw her fall. And uh, when she fell and she was burning, we saw people from the different trades, shipmasters and people who you know, made their wealth from her, and they were standing at a distance and weeping and crying over Babylon, the great city that in one hour her demise, her destruction has come. And that's how we ended chapter 18. She had spilled, verse 24, the blood of prophets, 1824, and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. She's responsible for a bunch of damage and she's been judged by God. After these things, what's in chapter 17 and 18, namely, as it were, I heard a loud voice. Now the world's weeping over Babylon's demise but the great multitude in heaven, we saw this, uh, a group in heaven in Revelation 7, 9 through 17, when we studied the 144,000 and the great multitude, some of you remember that teaching from Revelation 7, and the great multitude was in heaven, they had palm branches in their hands, and they were singing salvation songs to God. And some people believe that's the tribulation saints I believe that's the raptured church. I believe it happens exactly where it needs to happen between the sixth and seventh seals. And you can go back over the teaching and look at that. But this great multitude is in heaven and they sing or they say, hallelujah. Now, if you look at that combination of, of words there, look at, you see hallel and you see yah at the end. So you have basically a word in the scriptures that means Hallel means praise, and Yah is a noun for the Lord. Or a way you could translate hallelujah is praise Yahweh. So whenever you say hallelujah, amen, hallelujah is praise Yahweh. Praise the Lord. And it's quite unique because in this particular section of our Bibles in the New Testament, I think that this is the only place, and it's actually four times found in six verses, hallelujah, that it's even in the New Testament. 
It's found many times in the Psalms, I think as many as 22 times in the Psalms, and I'm going to show you a few what we call hallelujah Psalms, but this particular phrase or expression of praise is unique here, and this is what the church or those who are in heaven say. They say, hallelujah, praise Yahweh. Salvation, notice what they praise him for, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. They are celebrating the demise of Babylon. Why? Because Babylon has corrupted. Babylon has done a bunch of damage to the world. In fact, if you take a peek at verse two, it says, because they're praising God because his judgments are what? They are true and they are just or they are righteous. God, when he makes a judgment, what you can know is it's always gonna be true And it's always going to be just or righteous. Will not the judge of all the earth do what is right? The answer is yes, he will. His judgments are true and righteous for he has judged the great harlot, Babylon, who was corrupting the earth with her immorality and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants or his bride on her. Babylon has corrupted the world and Babylon has persecuted the church. And this is why, you know, many scholars, commentators look at Babylon as the system of the world, the anti-God system. And there's been two primary areas where she has corrupted. She is corrupted in the area of religion and she is corrupted in the area of sex. She is described as one who has a cup full of abominable things. She has distributed her immorality all over the world. And and as mankind, as history has unfolded, two of the most powerful areas for mankind are simply in the area of religion and sex, or you could say religion and intimacy. Religion, when it's done correctly, and there there is, the book of James says, there is true and undefiled religion in the sight of God. It is to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. That's James 1, I think it's verse 27. So there is a pure and undefiled religion and religion at its essence, when it is right, and I'm not talking about religion in quotes, because we often as Christians, we talk about a relationship and not religion. I know what we're saying there, but religion when it is true, when it is right, is about a relationship. In fact, religion is to know God. It's to know God. And think about this idea of knowing. So religion at its best, if you want to say a spiritual life, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is to know God. This is eternal life, Jesus says, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John 17, 3. This is what it's about. Eternal life is to know God. And so when Satan, through the Babylonian system, gets into religion, what does he do? He twists it, he distorts it, so that people end up not knowing God. They end up getting a false bill of goods. There, people are told the way you get to know God is you do these 20 different things. It's your good works. The way you get to know God is through meditation, through karma, through this, through that. And ultimately what it does is it brings a false system so that people are religious without 
the true essence of religion. Everybody with me? Satan has been working in counterfeit systems from the beginning of really the, the, book of the, the, the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. He's been corrupting. He's been selling lies. It's been said that Satan joined the church, in quotes, a long time ago. Cults, the occult, world religions are all systems that say this is the way that you can know God. But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, right? So in, when you think about just logic, you can't have two belief systems that contradict one another and then both be true. You can't have Jesus saying, I'm the singular way to God, and another system saying, there's many ways to God, many avatars, many ascended, enlightened people, many paths. Those are two contradictory ideas. Now, in logic, they can both be false, but they both cannot be true. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? You can't have two plus two equal four, and somebody else say two plus two equals five, right? Now, somebody could say two plus two equals five and two plus two equals six, and they could both be wrong, right? But two plus two equals what? Four. And it doesn't depend on how you feel about it. I don't like it. I want it to equal five or 4.6. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Two plus two equals four. Jesus says, I'm the way to God. You say, well, but people have made, a lot of people have made religious claims, but have they risen from the dead? Have they said, destroy this temple, my body, and in three days I will raise it again and backed it up? by what we call the immutable fact of the resurrection that in the very history in which we live, Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, those who have tried to disprove the resurrection say there's more evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for any event of antiquity. And these are from some of the most brilliant minds that have ever crossed the stage of human history. So you don't have to check your brain at the door, but you do, all of us have to wrestle with these ideas. To know God, religion. Babylon has had a system from Genesis 10 where they tried to build a ziggurat, a tower of Babel. The mother-son cult has come through time with all these different branches to Egypt and India, to uh, all the Babylonian religions, the Greek religions, the Roman religion, the pantheon of gods, the mystery religions. They're all there. And Satan is very happy when people buy into them because then you're religious but lost. It's very seductive. In 2 Corinthians eleven two, if you'd write this down, Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, that to Christ, that I might present you as a pure virgin. If you read and study 2 Corinthians, you will note that Paul's argument about their virginity has to do with purity of theology. Please hear that well. Paul's argument in 2 Corinthians is that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Why? To distort, 
to confuse, to sell his lies, we shouldn't be surprised. We should not be ignorant of his schemes. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Two plus two equals four. Jesus says, I'm the way to God. You say, well, but people have made, a lot of people have made religious claims, but have they risen from the dead? Have they said, destroy this temple, my body, and in three days I will raise it again and backed it up by what we call the immutable fact of the resurrection that in the very history in which we live, Jesus rose from the dead? In fact, those who have tried to disprove the resurrection say there's more evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for any event of antiquity. And these are from some of the most brilliant minds that have ever crossed the stage of human history. So you don't have to check your brain at the door, but you do, all of us have to wrestle with these ideas. To know God, religion, Babylon has had a system from Genesis 10 where they tried to build a ziggurat, a tower of Babel. The mother-son cult has come through time with all these different branches to Egypt and India, to uh, the Babylonian religions, the Greek religions, the Roman religion, the pantheon of gods, the mystery religions. They're all there. And Satan is very happy when people buy into them because then you're religious but lost. It's very seductive. In 2 Corinthians eleven two, if you'd write this down, Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, that to Christ, that I might present you as a pure virgin. If you read and study 2 Corinthians, you will note that Paul's argument about their virginity has to do with purity of theology. Please hear that well. Paul's argument in 2 Corinthians is that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Why? To distort, to confuse, to sell his lies. We shouldn't be surprised. We should not be ignorant of his schemes. 
So Paul says, I want you to be pure doctrinally. I want to present you as a pure virgin to the Lord Jesus Christ. And a purity that goes with that is sexually. What the devil has done is he has corrupted religion and sex. Religion is how you know God. Sex is how you know, in quotes, your spouse. See, God created a way for us to know him, and God created a a way for us to know our spouse. And in these two areas that God created to be the most powerful, sacred areas of life, the enemy has gotten in there because he knows the power of them. Think about the power of religion. Think about how many people have gone cuckoo off the bridge with fanaticism, thinking that they're the Christ. We've had some crazy things happen. And much of it has been energized by Satan. And think of all the corruption now in the sexual area of life. Two powerful areas, a way to know God, a way to know your spouse. And Satan gets in there and he knows the power of them. He knows how powerful they can be. And so he corrupts them. That's what Babylon is. Babylon corrupts what is holy. It corrupts what is good. It corrupts areas that are sacred and powerful. Can you see it? This is how the enemy has worked through time. And so when the church sings hallelujah to the fall of Babylon, it's saying the corrupting influence has finally been dealt with. The lies have finally been dealt with. The blood that has been spilled has been avenged. Hallelujah. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Romans 12, 19, I will repay. Don't take matters into your own hands, loosely translated. God says, because vengeance belongs to me. I will avenge. Vengeance is not bad. Distorted vengeance is bad. Vengeance that goes too far is bad. But God's vengeance is just and true. So when someone gets what they deserve, and look, mercy and grace, we all revel in it. But if someone fights God all the way to the grave and they get what they deserve, it's going to be just and true in God's sight. A couple of Psalms. Turn over to Psalm 146. These are what we'd call hallelujah psalms. They're at the end of the Psalter. The Psalter is the book of Psalms. It's just a word to capture all 150 psalms. The Psalter. Uh, You might live with a person that you'd call the Psalter. Maybe they put salt on everything, but... (laughs) The way way you could talk about these psalms is that they all begin and end with hallelujah. They all begin begin and end with Praise the Lord. Take a look. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm just going to show you a few highlights. Psalm 146, opening verse. What's it say? Praise the Lord. Look at the last verse. What's it say? Praise the Lord. That's another way to say hallelujah. 147. Praise the Lord. It is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant and praise is becoming. Praise is good. Praise is healthy. Go to the end of 147. It says, he has not dealt thus with any nation and as for his ordinances, they have not known them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 148. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, highest heavens. The waters that are above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. Ooh, that's power. Amen? Praise is good. There's, I was reading uh, Henry Morris. He's got a commentary on Revelation. He was saying that Psalms 146 through 150 may depict what's going on in heaven in heaven in Revelation 19. Just an interesting thought. Maybe they parallel each other. Look at the end of Psalm 148. It ends with, praise the Lord. Psalm 149 opens with, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Skip down to verse uh, six. Let the high praises of God, 149.6, be in their mouth, a two-edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. <clears throat> this is honor for all his godly ones. Can you say it? Praise the Lord. And then finally, Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him. Oh, if you play the trumpet, you're in. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals, all the drummers said. Amen. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. One more time. Praise the Lord. There's the hallelujah psalms. It may parallel what's going on in Revelation 19. Maybe this is a little bit of insight of some of the detail of the praise. But the praise is going up because God has judged righteously. Turn back to Revelation 19. Psalm 96 says, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. That's Psalm 96, 10 through 13. So God has judged. He has avenged his people. In fact, he has avenged his bride. Babylon has beaten up his bride, persecuted his people, shed the blood of saints and prophets, men and women and children. It's been a terrible thing that Babylon has done. She has ensnared the earth. Anybody who was against her, she got rid of. She would not put up with Christianity. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part one of his message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, entitled, The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But everyone here at Walk in Truth truly appreciates the financial contributions that listeners have been giving to this ministry in the past couple weeks. As many of you heard last week, to be 100% financially supported for a budget year, we need $168,400, and we're asking for your help to get to our first goal of $30,000. 
There's a lot that goes into the production of this program. Paying for airtime is a large portion, but then there's studio time, editing, our website, and of course the small staff we have. Walk in Truth has a pretty big budget, and we would love to make our way to be financially supported by our listeners. Please consider Walk in Truth. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate online. That's walkintruth.com. Or if you'd like to mail in your donation, please make your check or money order out to Walk in Truth. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, you may be asking the question about Babylon. We've talked a lot about Babylon. What is Babylon? Isn't it long gone? Well, yes and no, because Babylon is really kind of code language in the book of Revelation for a system, both religious and political, an anti-God system. And of course, we can see expressions of this all throughout the Bible. And then, of course, uh, in our own culture, in our own day, a lot of anti-God movements that are going on. So Babylon, if it is a composite of an anti-God system, you can see why it's so important in terms of talking about the last days. This is going to be a prominent feature of the last days, and we can see expressions of it today. So that's why we talk about Babylon. It really represents a system against God, and it's a system that God will deal with uh, very radically, as we've been seeing in the book of Revelation. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part two of Pastor Michael's message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, entitled The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. 